friends, the Lord be with you. It is such a joy to be worshiping with you this morning. Uh, truly uh, a gift of God's grace, as John mentioned at the beginning of worship. Uh, John and I had the opportunity to be partners in the gospel, to be colleagues in Des Moines, Iowa for six years. And now in God's grace, we get to be co-laborers again with the Holy Spirit uh, in different roles, but truly partners in the gospel, an incredible brother in Christ and uh, deeply grateful for this opportunity uh, to worship and to proclaim the good news of Jesus, the one that we love the most. Um, I know Jana already prayed, but I wanna pray again. So would you pray with me, please? Living God, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit our teacher, and the glory of Jesus Christ our single concern, in whose name we pray, amen. So before Jennifer comes to read the text, I hope you don't mind, but we're going to rewind a little bit, move uh, move to Acts chapter 3 before we dive into Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3, the crowd in Jerusalem is all stirred up. At the entrance of the temple, Peter and John encounter a lame man who for 40 years was carried to the gate called Beautiful, where he'd sit each day begging for money. And on this particular day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John proclaim liberation in the name of Jesus Christ, declaring that death no longer has the ultimate power. Christ is risen. And the power of the risen Christ seizes the man. And Luke tells us he now walks and leaps and praises God. And he clings the text says he clung to Peter and John. Now, I love this vision. Don't we all want to cling to those who've been with Jesus? Now, this is a conversation for a different day, but the crowd stands dumbfounded. And Peter, the one who denied having anything to do with Jesus of Nazareth at one time in a courtyard, now opens his mouth in this courtyard and bears witness to the gospel. Oh, Israelites, he says, why does this take you by such complete surprise? And why stare at us as if our power or our piety made him walk? And then Peter proclaims Jesus, only his second sermon, and it begins with the God of Abraham. Now I want you to listen with me to what happens next. Jennifer, will you read this morning? Our scripture is from Acts 4, verses one through 22. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, pro proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. 
Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name under heaven, no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we gonna do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Jennifer. Speaking holy words has serious consequences. Holy words that bring consequences are words tied to the liberating actions of God for broken people. Friends, Jesus not only spoke such words, but he himself is the word. This is the power about which Jesus spoke to his disciples gathered around him in Acts chapter one. The disciples inquired of Jesus, Lord, is this the time you're gonna restore Israel? And Jesus replies, don't worry about such things. The Father knows the timing. And then he says, but you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Rather than discussing the restoration of Israel, Jesus promises God's continuing presence through the Holy Spirit and authorizes the disciples to get up, to get out, and to go be the gospel empowered and embodying the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus was predestined to challenge those in power, and this moment was inevitable. Willie Jennings, in his commentary on Acts, writes, the disciples knew this confrontation was coming. The struggle against those in power that had marked the life of, and death of Jesus was coming for them as well. The priests and the Sadducees, along with the captain of the temple, see the disturbance that Peter and John are making, and they are much annoyed. Much annoyed because these disciples speak heresy. Luke says, proclaiming that in Jesus Christ there is the resurrection of the dead. So they arrest Peter and John and, and put them in custody. But wonder of wonders, you can arrest the messengers, but you cannot arrest the message. Did you hear it? But many of those who heard the word believed, and they numbered 5,000 people. The next day, a trial will take place, and on one side are the judges, the rulers, the elders, the scribes of Jerusalem, Luke tells us, along with Annas, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, all of whom were from the high priestly family. Friends, these are the educated, the, the religious, and the social elites. And on the other side are those being judged, Peter and John. Luke tells us uneducated and ordinary men. I wonder if this is a sort of deja vu moment for Peter and John. Jesus tried near this very place. Would they be handed over to death like he was? The high priestly family will in fact misunderstand this moment just like Herod and Pontius Pilate misunderstood it with Jesus. And a voice, a voice of one in the assembly cut the silence. By what power or by what name did you do this? Speaking holy words has serious consequences. And echoing in Peter's mind the words of Jesus, when they bring you before the authorities, do not worry about what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you what you are to say. Friends, this was that moment, and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, opens his mouth. Let it be known to you today that this man standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, the stone that you, the builders of this nation, rejected has become the cornerstone of hope for the future. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we are saved. Speaking holy words has serious consequences. Friends, Peter stands next to the man God 
has healed not by the power claimed by those of this world, but by the power of Jesus through his spirit. Jesus is the stone the psalmist declares in Psalm 118, the one that the builders rejected, but that God has promoted to be the capstone. And in this moment, Peter offers the truth the crowd desperately needs to hear, a truth that I think we all desperately need to hear. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of any building effort that would move toward abundant and everlasting life. And when the council witnessed the unashamed boldness of Peter and John, putting two and two together, that these proclaimers of the gospel were uneducated and ordinary guys, the text says they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. Are you tracking with me? Peter and John, now after the resurrection miracle, are unleashed in the world, empowered as agents of transformation. Friends, Easter was not just something that, that happened only to Jesus. Easter happened to Peter and John and us. If anyone is in Jesus Christ, he, she is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Those in authority were unable to withstand the pressure of the moment. Says Luke, they had nothing to say in opposition. Nothing. Maybe a nervous cough or a clearing of the throat. Nothing. And then one of them pipes up. Uh, Peter and John, we need a minute to discuss this matter. Why don't you all leave? High-browed and huddled together, one of them speaks. This isn't good. This Jesus disturbance is on the cusp of becoming a mass movement. What are we to do with them? By what power and by whose name do you do this? Obviously, Peter and John could not have done this on their own. Someone had put them up to it. It is Jesus Christ whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Friends, their worst fears were becoming a reality. Maybe this Jesus actually had risen from the dead, and now his companions were healing and teaching and offering forgiveness and salvation and the resurrection of the dead in the name of Jesus. Friends, the resurrection miracle reminds us that a new power has been unleashed in the world, a power not limited by the governing authorities. Think about this with me. Not even a hundred days earlier, these same priests said to Pontius Pilate about Jesus, this man stirs us up by his teaching. 
The authorities did not know what to do with Jesus then when he stood before them in flesh. And they don't know what to do with Jesus now as he stands before them in the persons of Peter and John. You know, the the judges, the, the high priestly family, the Sanhedrin, the priests, they could have crossed the line and joined the judged. They could have rebuilt their lives with the good news that God in Jesus Christ raises the dead and that life can be offered and lived differently now. But instead, they threaten Peter and John with the power that they have at their fingertips. Listen. So the council called Peter and John and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Silence them. The healing of the lame man points to a greater power. Friends, the healing of the the lame man is the means of making a universal claim about Jesus. It is by his power that the lame man now stands before them whole. It is by his power that Peter and John make no effort to plea bargain before the authorities. It's the name. It's the power-infused name of Jesus. God saves is that which gives Peter and John boldness. Friends, in Jesus, Speaking holy words has serious consequences. And let me be clear, if I may, today. These are not words that speak about God. These holy words that bring consequences are words tied to the concrete, liberating actions of God for broken people in this world. There is no other name given under heaven by which we are to be saved. Friends, what would happen if we, as disciples of Jesus, and in the name of Jesus, would utter bold words about Christ crucified whom God raised from the dead? What if we, with boldness, spoke about this Jesus in the courtyards of our Tuesday afternoons and Thursday mornings. Look at where it got Peter. A real life encounter with the risen Christ over a fish fry breakfast on a Galilean shoreline in John chapter 21. And now Peter, standing in the temple courtyard, has a lame man clutched to his ankles while he unabashedly invokes the power and holy name of Jesus. And did you, did you hear it? When the judges call for silence, listen to Peter's response. John and I cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. We can't help ourselves. It's like breaking a crashing wave. It's not going to happen. John and I cannot help ourselves. Fifth Reformed Church in Grand Rapids, we can't help ourselves. When we speak the name of Jesus Christ, 
the crucified, whom God has raised, the powers that would silence us hold no power over us. Now, when the council and all who were in earshot saw and heard the boldness of Peter and John, and they realized they were uneducated and just ordinary dudes, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. They've been with Jesus. What about me? What about you? What about us as a church family on mission? Would the crowds gathered in the courtyards of our lives recognize that we've been with Jesus? That our lives have been rearranged, reoriented around the kingdom of God? So I'd like to introduce to you a couple of my friends, Pastor Lisette and Gustavo Azar, disciples of Christ from Uruguay and Nicaragua, whose lives have been transformed by the good news of the risen Christ in Jesus, and who now co-labor with the Holy Spirit to bring about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Will you check this out? Our church is Vision Familiar, and our story goes like this. Dios puso el gran deseo en nuestro corazón de plantar una iglesia en los Estados Unidos, en Florida, en la preciosa ciudad de Miami. God has called us to reach the Spanish-speaking community in our city, and we are so blessed and privileged to have people from Central America, from South America, from the Caribbean, all united in Visión Familiar to worship and praise our Lord. Muchos de los hermanos de nuestra iglesia son cristianos de primera generación. Gente que tuvimos la oportunidad de hablarle de Cristo. Ellos han creído en el Señor Jesucristo, los hemos bautizado, hemos comenzado una tarea de discipulado en ellos. Ellos están creciendo día a día en el Señor. Algunos, varios ya eh, tienen posiciones de liderazgo en nuestra iglesia. So, estamos muy, pero muy contentos y agradecidos con el Señor del privilegio de haber alcanzado a gente que todavía no había sido alcanzada y ver el proceso de Dios en cada vida y cómo esas personas están creciendo, evangelizando y brillando la luz de Jesús por todo el mundo. So now our churches are open in our city, but we have the privilege of continuing to reach all these people through the virtual church. We're able to reach people in Italy, we've reached people in Ecuador, we've reached people in Nicaragua and in so many other places through the blessing of technology. So we are so blessed as Vision Familiar to be able to go beyond even our own city limits, our, our, our country limits, to reach other places for the glory of God. En este tiempo de pandemia tuvimos la oportunidad y la bendición de poder alcanzar a mucha gente en nuestra comunidad de diferentes maneras. So through these outreaches, through our community, we were able to give away book bags to those families that didn't have the economy that they needed to be able to return those students back to school with book bags. We were able to give away school supplies as well. Those book bags were filled with school supplies so the students would be ready to go and learn back in school. We were also able to give away food baskets to families that were needy, that they didn't have the basics. Also, in addition, we were also able to give away um, face masks face masks for those people who didn't have and we were able not only to give away these 
things, but we're able to reach out to the community to let them know, hey, Vision Familiar is here. We're here to open up the doors to spread the gospel for people to know that God is real, that Jesus is real, that he came to save us, and we're able to spread the word of God through these outreaches. So we are so blessed to be able to reach our community in such an impactful way during this time. En Miami, Florida, hay mucho entusiasmo, mucho ánimo, tenemos mucha pasión, mucha dedicación. Estamos tratando de darle lo mejor y la mejor excelencia para el avance del Evangelio y agradecer a cada uno de ustedes que nos está apoyando con sus oraciones, con los recursos y de verdad que nuestra gran satisfacción es cuando vemos vidas transformadas, cuando vemos gente que reconoce a Jesús como su único Salvador, cuando gente pone fe en el Señor, cuando gente entra a las aguas del bautismo, cuando vemos gente que nace otra vez y camina en una esperanza, eso es lo que nos llena de ánimo, eso es el motor y la fuerza que nos dan para poder seguir haciendo este difícil trabajo, pero lo hacemos con el mayor gozo, con la mayor alegría, de verdad, sabiendo de que Dios nos mandó a hacer esta tarea y tenemos que seguir impactando vidas, no solo en Miami, sino en todo el mundo. By what power, by what name do you do this? In the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Amen? Would you pray with me, please? A living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for your word that gives us nourishment, we are deeply grateful. And for the incarnate word, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, the bread of life, the living water, the cornerstone, the capstone. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, I pray that you would stir us up to live as those who embody your Holy Spirit to get up, to get out of here, and to go be the gospel, living and, and loving like Jesus Christ, the one we love the most. Uh, bless your bride, Fifth Reformed Church, Continue, God, to move with your Pentecost spirit in these walls and to the ends of the earth. Pour out your favor upon this congregation, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you are God and there is no other. Um, for those who are far from you today, oh God, would you draw them in? We take you at your word, Lord. When your name, Jesus Christ, is lifted up, all people will be drawn. May it be true today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.